That is true. Hello, everyone. Send out your bat signals and cut some holes in your sheets, because it is time for fear-related. Spooky. That's right. And we are your very spooky hosts who have no idea how to scare anything. <laughs> but oh, oh, I can scare some people. I am Benjamin Lee. I am Heather Lee. And we I, are your hosts. Yeah, I like to scare the little guys. It's pretty easy. <laughs> you just tell them you ate all their Halloween candy. <laughs> 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 they don't like that. That's It's sad. Well, I'm excited to do this. We do this once a year where we put oh, yeah. together some spooky car stories. But before we do that, we have some listener feedback. Listener mail. Love it. As do I. Uh, one of our listeners, Brian out in Idaho, sent me an article, and this is in regards to our uh, last uh, podcast, Jeep Origin Stories. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, apparently, in 1989, there in the small town of Alpine, Wyoming... There was a bar called Jeeps. Okay. So Chrysler didn't uh, apparently did not like the the use of uh. what they thought was their name, and there was an eighth uh, a dispute that took uh, took an eight month period to to settle. Okay. Now the owner they're like trying to cease and desist them, and right. they're like guys. The owner the the owner of the bar is Fred. Jeeps Molnar, so it's a, a little nickname. Oh, uh, and his father gave him this nickname in 1936. So he this, wins. This kind of predates uh, the Being, 1950 yeah, trademark, at that point, right? It was still like nothing. <laughs> so <laughs> Chrysler basically told him, like, all right, you can use you can use Jeep, but you have to put bar and lounge after it. And Fred's response was, why? You don't put vehicle after Jeep. (laughs) (laughs) And we're not a lounge. To be fair. So uh, after the dispute, Fred Molnar was granted, um, I think it was, I can't remember the amount. It was like 3,900 bucks or whatever. But yeah, he not only did he win, but he was compensated for the travel that he had to uh, go and um, also the lawyer expenses and whatnot. I love it. So there you go, Chrysler. And then he never bought a Jeep again. He was just mad. But <laughs> That's thanks, awesome. Thank you so much, Brian, for sending us that article. That was a pure joy to read. Email. Nice. Very nice. Oh, Alpine City. There, there are rebels out there. <laughs> yeah, apparently that, that was a, a lot of publicity uh, for the bar I back bet. then, too. I bet. He probably is pretty happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had a sighting. You did. You were with me. We had a sighting. Yes, we did. So I think we should leave any um, discussion about the movie itself out. But we did finally watch Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Congratulations. You're a prophet. Directed by... None Sam other. Sam Raimi. And you know who was in that car? Who? Now it's a person. <laughs> the Delta 88 made an appearance. So if any of you guys are kind of... Doing little spottings for that. Yeah, and for more for more info on that, check out our earlier uh, uh, fear related um, all podcast about the car. that is all about the Delta eighty eight and Sam Raimi's usage of it in all his movies. And apparently, that has not stopped. Nope, keep it going. So see if you can find it. So now 
It is time for fear related. <laughs> and this year I decided to get like really scary. Oh. Yeah. This year I would like to discuss the top 11. This one goes to 11. The top 11 most horrifying and terrifying manufacturer defects. Oh. now obviously the order that this is put in is just my opinion okay if you have any you know beef with that just do it yourself just put it in your own order and just stop it's okay but these are things that would scare me okay okay um i got a lot of my info all of my info really from um a how stuff works article by the author Kristen hall geisler and there's a lawyer site that will remain nameless because i don't want to get in trouble <laughs> from a lawyer but you can google the author uh he uh, made this article that this site put up it's brian o sutter and hotcars.com always a good Always a good site to get stuff from. There's an article by Matthew Gind in there. So let's move forward. I'm excited. Shall we? Yeah. Terrify <laughs> me. So and let's just hope I don't own any of these cars. I know. <laughs> I know. Um, well, we've talked about this is not one that I just am going to gloss over this, but it is kind of scary. But we did kind of a whole podcast sort of on this um, about infotainment systems getting hacked so people can actually, you know, kind of right. muss about with your air conditioning, your radio, windshield wipers. I guess they can also kind of turn your, like, do something with your transmission, different things. But you can check out our episode 42, What's My Car Doing With My Data? And that will give you more, more <laughs> of the story on that. That one's actually pretty terrifying for me. <laughs> I just don't know I was what just, else. I was just thinking that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So let's start with number 11. Are you ready? 1995 Honda. Okay. This one had a seatbelt issue. And the seatbelt issue was that the release button would crack, and then you couldn't get the seatbelt off. So you'd plop that little buckle in. And you could not get the seatbelt back off. Which is bad news if you're in a fiery accident. Yes. Or late for a date. Not <laughs> late <laughs> for a date. Oh, that's even more terrifying. So yeah, you, you couldn't get out. So you basically had to cut yourself out. And then guess what? You can't use that seatbelt anymore. So now you're not using the seatbelt at all anymore. Thanks. Interesting side note on that one. To this day... If, if there is a diagnostic trouble code for the seat buckle in a Honda vehicle, Honda is still replacing them for free. Oh, Honda. Yeah, apparently that one uh, uh, scared some execs, too. <laughs> I guess. I, I put that as last, but look how good they are. Honda. <laughs> All right, let's go to number 10. Back in the 80s, 1981, GM had to recall almost six million that's that's a lot and this pesky little problem there's this suspension bolt that would work itself loose while you're at a high rate of speed and would just disable the steering column oh fun (laughs) that's that's i mean i mean if you live in south dakota nebraska and you're on the highway you might be okay but (laughs) right so 
we live in Rochester, so we've had definitely times when it's icy, you lose control of your car, or like it's rained really hard, you hydroplane. And we all have gotten kind hopefully, please guys, if you haven't, maybe work on this a little bit. But you've learned how to kind of steer into the skid mm-hmm. or just it's just a matter of time before your tires are going to get traction again. But guess what? If you don't have a steering column, Ugh. it's traction's not your problem. You just got to kind of look for a safe, a soft place to crash. Well, and you can look all you want, but you're not going anywhere but where the car's taking you. Well, that's true. That's probably, yeah. I mean, like, at that, what? At that point, the only option you have is to step on the brake and hope that there's nothing in front of you. That, yeah. Or, I mean, if you're at a high rate of speed, you're probably on the highway. So I guess you're rolling down your window and just, like, flailing your arms. But that's, like, 81, so it's not like you could do your cell phone. Wow. <laughs> Mom, help me. Now... So there must be, uh, so the thing about recalls too, is this stuff actually has to happen before they figure out oh, yeah. that, oh, something's wrong. So all the stuff that we're talking about, it's not, it could happen. No, it no, no, did. it's, it did happen. Yeah, and, and I I get the, the first couple of those, I mean, there's not details on how many like injuries no, okay. and things, but I do have them later. I'm sure the NH, uh, NHTSA, the National Highway and Traffic. NHTSA, yeah. They, yeah. they all have numbers on these, I'm sure, if that's, you guys want yeah, to look this stuff up. Yeah, that's where a lot of this is, yeah. Okay, so then we have 2010. This one's a little bit closer to our timeline here. Uh-huh. We might be able to remember these, it. These are cars we, that some of us probably own. Uh-huh. It's Toyota. So Toyota had a recall. There was a, a little tiny insignificant problem with the acceleration pedal. <laughs> I remember And this. it would cause cars to suddenly accelerate it. Can you imagine? You're just driving, then all of a sudden you're going 60 on a 30 and just... Ah! Yeah, I, rem- I remember this too. That a lot of people had reported that... Uh, at first, Toyota was fighting this back. Like, well, no, yeah, no, that's what. Yes, yes. So they they tried to blame it on either like the skill of the driver, yep. and then they're like, "Well, it's you bought all weather floor mats, and it's causing the brake pedal to stick. It's not the brake pedal; it's the floor mat." Come on. There have been a lot of recalls out there about floor mats too, just for that reason. But yeah, finally they acknowledged the issue. There was three separate recalls on this because they did different things to try to fix the problem before mm-hmm. finally just going ahead and fixing that whole pedal. Um, yeah, I think I think one of them was like an update, which didn't... Did nothing, yeah. It was <clears throat> 9 million vehicles they had to have recalled. And there were a total of 89 deaths from this. Wow. And what's scary about this is that this was in 2010. Well... Audi had a similar issue in 1978 to 1983 with the acceleration pedal sticking like that. And I'm thinking, have do we ever learn? We don't learn. We don't learn. <laughs> well, and that was the big that was the big scare too that um, everybody didn't want a car that had what they call uh, drive by wire. Um, that there was absolute there wasn't a cable, a physical cable attached from your gas pedal all the way up to the engine. Instead, they got rid of that cable, and now it was all, there's a motor there, and it's all done electronically, and so people were all nervous about, like, well, I don't trust, I, I don't trust this electronic, and maybe for, I guess for good I reason. I guess they had a good reason. <laughs> Although it did start all uh, a, a lot of your favorite memes for, for that year. I remember one, there was a, a lawnmower that just 
took off and, <laughs> and dragged a guy down the block. <laughs> the vacuum cleaner. No. Okay. We've got the same kind of theme, but we're going to go way back to the 1960s, to the GM. So this car, uh, several of these vehicles, they, they had a defect in their engine mounts. So the engine mounts. Uh, which car was this? Uh, I, I can't tell you which one. It's several. It's tons oh, okay. of their so vehicles. A, so a few different models. models. Gotcha. Yes. Um, so it made the engine mounts weak. So any vehicle with a V8 engine, this super heavy V8 engine in it. I've got one of those now. Uh-oh. <laughs> they, the engine mount, you'd be driving along and the V8 engine would shift and they'd fall out of place. And so they would twist and kind of start to wreak havoc in your engine compartment. So they would cause accelerations because they were hitting on whatever they could interfere with the brake assist. Oh my God. So shoot into the fan belt. (laughs) I mean, can you imagine just your V8 should not be wonky? No. And so then they decided, okay, we're going to fix this. So if you were lucky enough to make it out of that issue into your shop, they could fix it. And the way they would do it is they would just kind of affix the engine, the V8 engine straight to the firewall. Wait, what? That's what they did, which was great because it only cost $30. I hope you don't need anything else done with it. <laughs> this was a we're legit not gonna, fix? Yeah, wow. we're not going to fix the engine mount. We're not going to... Make that stronger. We're just going to push this straight onto the firewall. This is is not Bill in the backyard going, here, hold my beer. I'll fix this. (laughs) Right? (laughs) I think it was Bill. Oh, my gosh. 30 bucks. Hmm. All right. Number seven. Number seven. Everybody remembers this. The Ford Pinto. Oh, the Pinto. From 1971 to 1975 had this bad habit of exploding when it was hit from behind. (laughs) Oh, I, oh, I'm glad you added that last part. It's like, yeah, you just be driving. It blows up. Nope. It happens. So Ford saved something like $8 a car by um, putting the gas tank behind the axle. And so there's only nine to 10 inches of space, like crash space there. So, like eight bucks a car is $60 in today's money. So per car, we're talking about millions of cars. Millions of Pintos. <laughs> I, I guess that was like a good money-saving scheme, but it's not cool. The 1979 Chevy Malibu had the same issue. And wasn't there something about the, um, oh, what's that one? PT Cruiser. Uh, I remember, I don't remember which year. I'd have to look it up. But there was a model year PT Cruiser that got really, really bad bad um crash uh results during testing so it was rated good it was rated poor poor Uh, (laughs) well not as poor as the pinto uh, yeah (laughs) so all of these explosions which i just can't even especially if you had like your kids in the back like it's just scary it's so scary okay so they crunch ford crunches the numbers they're like, okay, oh, it's exploding. We're saving the $8 a car. 
I know, um, I how much is this? What if we recall it? You know what? It's just cheaper to pay out the settlements than actually fix this issue. Wow. Nice. Talk about lawyer crunching numbers. Awful. Public outrage was not having it. Ford finally did recall $1.5 million pen- million pentos in 1978. After all that, 27 people died. And this doesn't even account for the fact that they probably shouldn't have built a car that ugly to begin with. No, they didn't. (laughs) I mean, just stop before you start, people. All right, number six. Okay, I hate to say this, but a lot of Ford. Ford Ford shows up a lot. They've been around for a lot. But another Ford fiasco happened with some vehicles in 1970 to 1980. So this was a bad one. The transmission would slip from park to reverse. Oh, yeah. See... When Not you, when you, good. Generally speaking, generally, when you put the vehicle in park, you're you're trying to not move. Right. Or hit everybody <laughs> behind you or crash into the helping hands at Wegmans, I mean. Or whatever they were called in, in the 70s and 80s. They were still very helpful. <laughs> so we're slipping from park to reverse again in true fashion for decides not to do a recall. Now, does does this happen, like, even when a person is not even in the car? Not even in the car. You're okay. gone. You're already looking at apples. You, okay. Yeah. You're and <laughs> for your for your, your apple bobbing for your apple theme bobbing. at your Halloween party. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, it's hard enough to find your car in a parking lot sometimes. It's, it's the one rolling backwards <laughs> with nobody in it. Completely moved. <laughs> and you're like, I thought it was an aisle nine. It's the this one is... with three people behind it screaming. trying to stop it. <laughs> it's the one with all the screaming around it. Oh, my God. So Ford decides again not to do a recall. Oh, Khaleesi has a lot to say about this. Because it would have cost them 0.03 cents in which to wow. do this. They must have went through a lot of lawyers. Car. So for 23 million vehicles, they didn't want to do it. Instead, they sent out to all the people who had purchased one of these vehicles, they sent out a warning label. Like, beware, car may just decide to suddenly roll backwards. <laughs> they would have been better off sending them a wheel chalk. So there's a total of 6,000 accidents with this. That doesn't even count all the people who maybe caught it, you know, as they were getting out or it just rolled into a field. Wow. My gosh. Um, 11,000 injuries and 98 fatalities. Oh, my God. So there's various sources that state that Ford paid more than $1.7 billion in settlements. $1.7 billion. So if you got the 0.03 cents times 23 million vehicles, if they had done the recall, would have been $690,000 versus $1.7 billion. Are you listening, auto manufacturers? I know most of them listen to our podcast, but... They do. Just throwing this out mm-hmm. there. Just throwing it out. All right. We're at number five now. Ooh, top five. Top five. Ford Bronco. So from 1984 to 1996, this sucker could tip over at speeds as low as 20 miles per hour. Just boop, boop, light breeze, boop, right over. Well, I remember that year, the Bronco was a pretty tall vehicle, but it was also very narrow. 
So, okay, I guess yep. I can say I'm yep. not, not too surprised. Not too surprised. So uh, 17,000 people are involved in accidents caused by this. There was 823 deaths before oh this issue gosh. was fixed. I'm sensing a theme is the higher up we go, the more people are dying. Right. Um, one of the problems, uh, one of another kind of rollover issue is Ford, again, built their Explorer um, in 1991, they built that on a Forge Ranger, Ford Ranger undercarriage. So the, the Ranger was the truck, the truck you had, by the way. Oh, my God. And I guess that would make it very top heavy. Well, I mean, I didn't take corners all that fast in that truck. <laughs> but <laughs> so, again, I'm like, Ford, you are not learning from your mistakes. Ugh. Guys... Well, right. they did re-release the Bronco last year, so Guys, I, I haven't heard any. Um, haven't seen anybody tipping over. <laughs> it's still early, though. <laughs> it's still early times. All right, number four. Let's get away from Ford for a little while. Let's go on they, down. They to, would love that. They, they would, would just love to be left it. alone here yep, for a minute. Yeah, just for a minute. So let's look at Bridgestone and Firestone tires. So in the early 1990s, they had this kind of terrible problem where the tread would separate from the steel belts. Whoops. That's going to be an issue. Real bad issue. Oh, we can't leave Ford out of this because... <laughs> I, I knew you were going there. <laughs> Ford decided to put these tires on all of their new Ford Explorers, which was a super hot item back in that time because the SUVs were exploding right then. And I, I remember, too, that Ford caught so much flack for this because there was so much back and forth between blaming Ford for the, the defect or blaming the tire manufacturer right. for the defect. It's the tires. but of, of course it is. So is this karma on Ford or bad luck? I don't know. Boy, they can't catch a break. <laughs> What's really bad, though, is, is it's just like today. People drive SUVs who aren't necessarily out, you know, off-roading up and down a mountain. They're not using it to, you know, work on their farm. They're just using it basically for city driving, which is fine. You may have 700 children you need to cart around. It's fine. <laughs> but when one of those tires pops off and blows, there's not a lot of experience in the general person driving an SUV to get control back of that yeah. car. So that's just so bad. Well, not knowing which tire it is. I mean, it could be the front, could be the rear, could go at any time, could be on any road. There's so many variables that you could have all the experience in the world and just be in the wrong place in the wrong True, but truck, most apparently. people don't have any experience. Right. And so uh, they ended up having to recall 6.5 million tires. But before they did, there were 700 injuries and 271 deaths. Oh, Wow. That's really scary. I can't even imagine. I've had my tire um, like pop, but not like blow out. Where like it just kind of deflated, and I wasn't even going that fast. And it was so scary. I was in Italy. I think if memory serves, and you and you folks out there on in the interwebs can correct me and uh, correct me if I'm wrong in this. Please correct him. I love it. <laughs> But I, I believe it was Ford who bit the bullet on this, too. And Ford was actually the one who issued the recall. Probably. Um, yeah. No, because, Ford. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was even though it wasn't their tire, you know, they'd already been in so much trouble. Yeah. And it's not over for them. <laughs> Number three. OK. 
back in 1991, right when this all happened, um, to 2004, Ford had switches for their cruise control built by Texas Instruments. You remember those calculator people? Oh my gosh, people? yeah, everybody had a Whee! TI calculator. You could write so many things upside down with those calculators. <laughs> Unfortunately, these cruise control switches... H-E double hockey sticks. Sorry. There's others, too. Hello, you could say. Unfortunately, these switches had the tendency to kind of short out. So you're driving along. Maybe you've got your cruise control on. Maybe you don't. And all of a sudden, your engine's on fire. Oh, no. You're just like, what's that smell? Is that what is? Oh, it's my engine. <laughs> just on fire. Just crazy. Wow. That's one way to put flames on your vehicles. Can you imagine? Oh, my gosh. I'd have a heart attack. Or if the, like, maybe I w- it would be worse if the person is, like, texting and driving. Their engine's on fire. They don't even know. <laughs> Next to you. Hey. Okay. Would that turn your check engine light on? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> check engine. Fire, fire. Number two. Sorry. I'm <laughs> I see we're, we're down to two, and there's one I know of that you haven't talked about yet, and I'm 50-50 on where it's going to land, but. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, well, if it even lands. If it's not in here, it's not that scary. Just kidding. It probably is. <laughs> All right. Now we're in GM. Okay. okay. Ford's just like, finally. <laughs> finally. <laughs> so they had a slew of issues in the 2000s. Um, the Chevy Cobalt was bad. In 2007, it had to be recalled because it failed a bunch of federal safety standards. So they had to pull that back and fix it up. And then in 2010, they had 1.3 million vehicles that were recalled due to a faulty steering system. And then they kind of, you know, the, what is it? The National Highway Safety. Yeah, NHTSA. NH- uh, NH- National Highway Traffic and Safety Administration. Yes, those guys. <clears throat> they did further investigation and ended up having to recall a further 30 million vehicles oh because gosh. they'd all been affected. But by far, the worst design defect was this faulty ignition that went into a lot of cars. So the car would get up to like 60 miles per hour. Here you are on your highway. Mm -hmm. And the ignition would just switch off, off, done. I remember this. all of your safety systems are disabled now. So you don't have power steering. Anti-lock brakes. You don't have your anti-lock brakes. You don't have your airbags. You're in trouble. The only way to stop it was crash. Wow. so they finally decided to replace that part in 2006, but only in the new vehicles. Well, you know what the funny thing is, too, is they issued a, uh, a um, an advisory before they decided to fix it. They were blaming on people having too much crap on their keychains. Oh, I remember that. Yep. Get that troll doll off. <laughs> so the U.S. Department of Transportation fined them $35 million dollars. In May of 2014, it took them that long to do this. So in 2014 was when they finally fixed it. And so just in the first half of 2014, that company had to pay $1.7 billion in recall cost and set aside 500, set aside just in case, $550 million to compensate the victims. Unbelievable. There's 303 deaths and hundreds and hundreds of injuries. (laughs) It it just, it just kills me. Like, well, okay, that's a bad choice word, but, um, 
It's it just irks me, I guess. It tweaks my crankshaft. It tweaks that yes. that people that many people have to die before a corporation do can a decide to 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 do something right. And we're sitting here looking 1.7 billion dollars in recall costs. You could have fixed that because you wouldn't have had to recall as many vehicles. Yeah. <laughs> and now for number Numero one. Uno. <laughs> Okay, this one is the scariest to me, everybody. You may not think so, but I do. From 1988 to 1993, Ford. Now it's scary because they've had so many issues. (laughs) But they had their own ignition issue. So even when a car's parked, like, I don't know, in your garage after work, when you go home, you have some dinner and go to bed, yeah, because at this point they weren't parking their car away from structures. No, that was the sh- that was the <laughs> Chevy Bolt, right? Sorry. So it's parked. You're done. You're trying to just catch up on some, you know, the Good Wife or whatever the the kids are watching now, and the ignition would just start. Just Wait had a, a weird short in it. It would it would start. It would short out your electrical system. It would melt the steering column, and sometimes catch on fire. And if you were lucky, you would just wake up in the morning and have a melted car. But if you were not lucky, your whole house burned down and and maybe you in it. Although, thankfully, thankfully, there were no fatalities reported with this at this point. Wow. But 7.9 million cars had this ignition and they were not recalled until 1996. Unbelievable. I'm just thinking about the scenarios. Uh, if I own this vehicle, I hear something in the garage. I go out in the garage, my car's running, and no one's in it. I'm the only one home. It's a ghost. What the crap? It's a ghost. Okay, that's scenario number one. Scenario number two is I come, same same thing, I come out, my car's running, and there's a small fire inside the cabin because the steering column is uh, on fire. And, and all, all of melted. that is best case scenario right. because or, yeah. what if you didn't third notice scenario, it all? Third scenario, I don't even make it to the garage because I'm in my house and it's burning and You're I don't know sleeping. why. You're sleeping. You're asleep. Yeah. Unbelievable. Well, Ooh. the one I thought was going to be on there did not make the list. Okay, there's a bonus. There, here's your bonus. Are you ready? I'm ready. The Takata airbag. Oh, yeah. I did see that. So the reason I uh, th- this one for me is is uh, so important that people know about, too, is that it was in 67 million vehicles across different manufacturers. They were in Toyotas. They were in Hondas. They were in... Fords. Um, yes. European vehicles. <laughs> They're probably in Ford, right? Um, so... The, what would happen is due to high temperatures, humidities, something would short out inside the airbag. You're just driving down the road, boom, airbag goes go off. off. Just goes off, causing. Uh, I didn't research the numbers on probably as far minor as accidents, but yeah, there were many, many injuries and 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 deaths as well. So, see, I would think that there would be worse injuries if it didn't go off. Like, going off when unexpected is not cool either by any stretch and probably did cause some. But when needed, if it didn't yeah, inflate, that's a problem. Well, if you think about it, too. That's, uh, it's th- a little funny to think about. It's just pop, pop. Yeah, well, it's, but the, the majority of people. Because when it comes out, it's bad. 
It's so fast. And think about this. When you're in an accident, you're generally bracing yourself if you know it's coming. But if you're just driving down the road, like myself, for instance, I have one hand, typically my left, at the 12 o'clock position. The airbag that goes, is not the, <laughs> how you were trained, sir. <laughs> the airbag goes off, and I, in every situation, I am punching myself in the face. <laughs> <laughs> huh. How do you get these airbags now? I don't. Um, no, it's actually, it's better to not brace during impact if you cannot. It's better to just let yourself go. Because well, if I, you yeah, break... That. That's why drunk drivers end up not yeah. being as injured as... Exactly. People. Yep. You just, just let it. I mean... Just put your seatbelt on unless Honda irony. doesn't let you ever take it off. But that's fine. You can live <laughs> in your car. There's so much that you can get done in your car nowadays. <laughs> well, this has been like a trip down memory lane for me, remembering Scary all these things. Scary memory yeah. lane. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Definitely. I'm probably not going to drive for a little bit. I'm kind of... <laughs> I will say, though, as I was researching this, most of these things, even the ones that are a little bit, like in 2010, was I think the most recent one... That one was fixed very quickly. So the manufacturers are jumping on these much quicker and not even letting them get out to production if they have this kind of a defect. So hallelujah for that one. Good. (laughs) Valuable information. This has been fear related. Ah ah! <laughs> We're so glad you couldn't listen. <laughs> I wish you could see his face when he does that. He's, he looks like 12 years old. Enjoy your Halloween festivities, everyone. Whatever they may be. If you want to hear more, if you have questions, if you'd like to submit follow up stuff for us, you know where to find us. You can get us on our website, gearrelated.com. You can email us, contact at gearrelated.com. We're on Twitter. That's at Sean Auto, S C H O E N. We look forward to hearing from you. Also, the Facebooks. Oh, yeah, there's Facebook too. There's a lot of Facebook. There's two Facebooks. There's one Instagram. There's a partridge in a pear tree. You should definitely rate, review, and subscribe because that's what we like. And that's what you like, and all the people like it. So do that. Have a lovely fall. And we'll see you next time. Bye.